This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. That's freetalklive.com. Com. Lots to talk about, as always, tonight. Of course, uh, whatever you want to talk about goes first if you make the call. 800-259-9231. I uh, had a bit of a situation develop yesterday that I wanted to talk about last night, but I thought it would be much better to talk about tonight since Julia is uh, is on the show this particular evening, and it involves her as well. Yesterday, while I was doing my normal daily activities of uh, answering emails and doing sitting in a chair show related things, <laughs> hey, you sit in chairs too when you make your phone calls. I just leave the house sometimes. <laughs> uh, and so I was doing my normal thing, and a car pulls up in front of the house. And the car pulls up. I see the guy in the car look over, and he obviously notices the number on the house, and then he pulls backwards he reverses and parks in front of the neighbor's house so the studios are situated that you can uh, be, be able to uh, your, your home studios are situated so you can look out on the street and keep That's an correct. eye on uh, things and if need be run off and get your ak-47 and mow them down that or whatever. would be inappropriate in uh, most circumstances <laughs> um so no, i wasn't getting paranoid it just seemed like something was odd and i i figured he was looking for the the house next door because that's where he parked was out in front of the house next door he figured he was driving down the street saw the house number realized he'd gone too far and went back to the house he was supposed to be at i didn't think too much of it and then a few minutes later there was a knock on the front door and a guy in a suit knocking on the front door obviously it was the same guy that was in the car from a few moments earlier and so i answered the door and he immediately um, reached his hand into his coat pocket i got a little bit tweaked yeah. at that moment uh but he was pulling out yeah, yeah he was pulling out his uh his badge he has he had a badge uh, i'm not going to tell you what the guy's name is cuz it wouldn't be appropriate at this point he was be- he was being nice enough and and friendly enough but he is an investigator a criminal investigator from the state of new hampshire attorney general's office and so the reason why he had come to my house was because he said he couldn't find a phone number for me so I don't know how much investigation this guy has actually done. I don't think it'd be that hard to find my number. But nonetheless, uh, he had arrived in order to ask me a question about my voter's registration form. Now, if you were listening to this show back in, I guess it was September of last year, right after we had all arrived here um, in New Hampshire, moving, we'd all moved up 1,500 miles from Florida, mm-hmm. we went to participate at that time in the, in the primary election, which was going on. Right around, it was a couple of weeks after we moved, I think. And so we had gone to participate in this primary election. And here at uh, here in the state of New Hampshire, they have a very nice feature when it comes to elections. And that is that you can register to vote the day of. So you don't have to, for instance, when uh, where we were down in Florida, you had to be registered to vote 30 days in advance of the election. So if all of a sudden you decided you wanted to start paying attention to the races or... You got interested within that last 30-day period. Right, you're out of luck. Just SOL. You couldn't participate. So I like that a lot about New Hampshire in that you can uh, get registered on the day of. And so that's what we proceeded to do. And Julia and I had both, uh, we both went in there. And uh, I think you successfully completed your registration first, Julia. Correct. And you turned it in and you went off to go and vote. As I was looking at the form and the, the registration form, 
And I read a, a portion of the form. There's a there's an agreement down at the bottom of the form, and I don't recall ever seeing an agreement on the Florida registration form. But there's a very explicit legal-sounding agreement of about a four-paragraph agreement down at the bottom of the the form. Now I don't. We have, talked about this on the show at the time that it occurred. Yes, we did talk about this on the show. Uh, it was uh, there was posts over at uh, at nhfree.com about this. And I'm not going to read the entire agreement because it's not all relevant. What I'll read is the paragraph that I decided I was not interested in agreeing to. The paragraph that I decided to X out and then sign. The paragraph is, In declaring New Hampshire as my domicile, I am subject to the laws of the state of New Hampshire which apply to all residents, including laws requiring me to register my motor vehicles and apply for a New Hampshire's driver's license within 60 days of becoming a resident. So I just took my pen and crossed that sucker right out and signed the registration form. And I turned it in, and they gave me my, uh, they gave me the, the ballot, and I went ahead and, and voted. So I thought, okay, great, no problem. If there's a problem, I'm sure they'll get in touch with me. Um, they never got in touch until yesterday. So it took them five months from That's you correct. crossing out this little line on your voter registration till, till now to uh, get a hold of you. Precisely. It's, this does show you how slow bureaucracies are. Right. They're definitely slow. Uh, the gentleman showed up, the criminal investigator from the attorney general's office showed up yesterday, and uh, and he proceeded to ask me, again, very nice guy. He certainly wasn't treating me terribly. I mean, I could definitely tell that what he was up to was sniffing around for something to bring me up on charges about. You know, that's what he was looking for. My He'd advice just... to you and anybody who gets caught in a situation like this is... Um, are you conducting a criminal investigation is the first question. Mm. And then the person answers yes or no. And if they answer yes, you say, well, I'm not going to answer any of your questions unless I have an attorney present. Yeah. I understand. Everybody thinks they can handle the situation without an attorney present. But the attorney, this is the key to it all, is then they have to make another appointment. You saw how long it took them to get their butts down here from Concord to talk to you about this one um, situation. Now, not only do they have to make an appointment with you, they have to make an appointment with you and your attorney. Right. Now, you know, I don't know if you've ever tried this, but um, try to make a an appointment between uh, three busy business people. It, it's difficult. It's damn difficult. It just makes it just prolongs it. It makes it take longer and longer, and at some point, sometimes they give up. That's why sure. um, I give the advice every single time, no matter how innocuous you think the uh, circumstances are, you never know. We read stories here every week of somebody who got involved with some government bureaucrat who had a stick up there wherever and um, decided that they were going to go after them. Yeah, you know, and I, and I like your approach, the asking if I'm being criminally investigated. And if they answer no, then you say, well, you are a criminal investigator. And, you know, that's what his uh, title was. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Yeah. And, um, you know, it makes me really uncomfortable. I'm going to have my attorney present anyway. No matter what, you right. say, I'm going to have my attorney. Even if you don't have an attorney, even if you've never met an attorney, you say, I'm going to do that. And then, you know, they'll, ask, they'll, they'll, they'll try to ask you questions about your attorney and that kind of thing. No, I, don't, I don't really have one right now, but I'm going to get one. Don't worry. I, I agree with you, um, and I agree with you in theory, in practice, at this particular juncture. Sure, you were caught a, a um, bit unawares. I was caught unawares, and so I handled it as best as I could. This is just advice for the future and for right. anybody listening. I probably didn't ask um, enough questions, as I, as I perhaps should have. Again, I sort of... Uh, well, that's part of the game. The part of the game is to get you to slip up because they caught, it's not like he made an appointment with you to come see you. Right. He wanted to catch you at your door, not knowing what the hell he was asking about. 
Well, you were fortunate enough to have a war. I mean, you. I mean, I was fortunate enough to have a warning of some sort because when you came home, you told me that he wanted to speak with me. I or you were caught off guard. Yes. Yeah, it's true. And um, so I, t- I did my best to handle the situation as is. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to give him a reason. He's he was there for a reason. You know, he came out to probably look for a vehicle me. because mm-hmm. what? Well, well, first of all, his line of questioning was, "Why did you cross out?" Paragraph number four. Why did you cross that paragraph out? And I think what he was looking for, he seemed to be most concerned about the automotive portion of the paragraph, the one that says that you're supposed to register your motor vehicles and apply for a driver's license within 60 days of becoming a resident. And I think that's one of the reasons why he came around there to sniff around. I think he wanted to see if there was a vehicle present on the lot. I suspect you're uh, precisely right. And, and then see what sort of information he could glean. I don't know what, what sort of an answer he was expecting, but essentially what I told him was that, well, first of all, um, that in regards to the 60-day thing, I'm not sure if I want to stay here. So, and it's, you know, I've got a house down in Florida. I said, you know, I'm just trying to, working on selling the house down there, but it all depends on whether I can get this thing to sell. So, you know, just sort of telling him, hey, you know, I'm not even sure if I, if I want to live here at this point. He seemed to understand that. And, uh, and then I told him that I thought uh, the statement itself was absurd. I didn't get into details as to why, just because, again, I was caught unawares. But I'll explain why that statement is absurd in case you um, don't realize, and we'll uh, share that with you here in moments. 800-259-9231. And then we'll go over the reason why he was looking for you, Julia, because it was a little bit different from why he was looking for me. And we'll continue with this story and your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. If you've had an interaction with the state like this, we'd love to hear from you. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us, including archives. An entire year's worth of the show right there, front page of the website, for your download and convenience. Go and get them for free. That's freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th, uh, 24th at Porkfest. You'll be able to attend leadership and activist training seminars, tour New Hampshire on special FSP bus tours, or on your own, and hear and discuss the progress and future of the Free State Project. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. You can probably get there through the... Uh the freestateproject.org website, too. Sure, you can do that, too. 800-259-9231, talking about uh, the, what has happened to us here in the free state as of the last, oh, 36 hours or so. Yesterday, an investigator, a criminal investigator, stopped by my house to ask a few probing questions about, well, what I did when I registered to vote here in the state of New Hampshire and what I would encourage others to do. In fact, I think the more people that come here and do what um, I did the more uh, the busier these guys will be uh, because i don't think they've ever come across this before <laughs> I, I, they I, I doubt it and uh, i think that was probably one of the reasons why he was out here asking one, those questions one thing we can say about you ian is you're one of a kind uh, so once again on the new hampshire voter registration form there's a paragraph that i objected to and it is in declaring new hampshire as my domicile i'm subject to the laws of the state of new hampshire which apply to all residents including laws requiring me to register my motor vehicles and apply for a new hampshire driver's license within 60 days of becoming a resident 
Uh, it took me a little longer than 60 days, but I did get my New Hampshire driver's license. Oh, congratulations yeah, to you. Yeah. Um, so, first of all, I did not... I, I crossed this paragraph out because I couldn't possibly agree to it. And my rationale for this... And I told Julia this after the fact, and we'll get to why this guy was investigating her as well, because she signed the agreement in full. So he wasn't here to investigate the same reasons for for Julia, but he was asking me, why did I cross that paragraph out? Well, I wanted to register to vote, but I didn't agree to that particular portion of it. So I crossed it out. And I told him that I thought it was absurd. Now, I didn't get into the the reason why I thought it was absurd. I just sort of said it was absurd for me to uh, follow all of the laws that the bureaucrats pass in in Concord. When in How fact, could you know them all? Right. I didn't get into the logic of it. I have since emailed the guy um, and asked him a question. Since I'm sort of uh, since I'm being friendly with him and he's he's being friendly enough with me, I figured I'd use that as an opportunity to uh, to ask the guy a very simple question. And um, essentially, what I want to know is how anyone could agree with that statement. How is that even possible? to agree that you will follow all of the laws in any given state. That would require... They, they pass hundreds of laws right. a given year. A how could you possibly job. know them? Yeah. Here's exactly what I wrote to the guy. I said, how could anyone agree to that statement? In order to agree to be subject to all laws in New Hampshire, I'd have to know what they are. In order to know what they are, I'd have to spend my life reading them. In order to read the laws, I'd have to understand legalese, and I don't. But even if I did, I'd have to read the laws in my spare time, as I'm an adult and work for a living. So I don't. <laughs> he, by the way, has rolled his eyes at this point in reading this. So I don't have much spare time. Well, he initiated the contact with me. <laughs> he did, that he did. <laughs> I'm sure he regrets it deeply at this point. Well, I hope that I don't have ever have to see this gentleman again. Uh, I hope that never happens. So I don't have much spare time, I say, because, again, I'm a working person. What spare time I do have, I prefer to spend with Julia. Even if I were to spend all my spare time on reading laws, I'd probably never finish in my lifetime. There are lots of laws. Plus, even if I could finish, by that time, some laws would have changed, and more would have been added. So, this is quite clearly an impossible task. How can anyone actually explicitly agree to that statement? I'd love your thoughts. And uh, so I sent that off to him this <laughs> afternoon, and he has yet to respond. I imagine that's true. But that's, the, that's essentially the logic. How could anybody possibly read that paragraph and, and agree to it? It's not physically possible to agree to that. I imagine most people just don't read it. I imagine most people don't read it either. I, I read it. I thought to myself, well, I'll probably follow the, um, I'll follow the laws here as well as I follow all the rest of them, which right, are which generally... which means you pick and choose the ones that you want to follow. But uh, but you're explicitly agreeing with that statement to follow every single one of them. Sure. And that is that is just impossible. And I think that... Those I don't think it really who... matters whether I agree to follow their laws or not. No, no. Well, you know what? You can say that, and I sort of agree with you. Like, they're going to pick you up and arrest you anyways, even if you haven't signed this particular agreement, obviously. But it, you still, it still begs the question, if that's the case, then why is it so important that they must put it in the voter registration form? Somebody thought this was important to add to that voter registration form. You know how bureaucrats are. I mean, they don't go, go about um, adding paragraphs and that sort of thing lightly. These things take um, I never much decision. Agreed. I never agreed to follow the laws in Florida. That didn't stop them from enforcing them upon I, me. I understand. But it's just unusual that they would make it so explicit. I imagine that they put the note about the car in there because a lot of new movers would be registering to vote and they want to encourage people to register their cars Correct. in the state of New Hampshire. That, that makes sense as well. And 
So that's where it stands with me. He again, he was very nice. Uh, he said this, you know, this might come back. That was sort of a veiled threat, essentially saying they might do something else. Uh, I don't know what that means. File some sort of charges. We'll let you know as uh, as things continue to develop here. But Julia, what was it that he was after you for? Well, mine is almost sort of connected, but not exactly. When I went to register to vote. And the details are really fuzzy. If I recall, I, this was six months ago. Yeah, it was six months ago, and I was really tired. I had just gotten off work, and I signed the paper, not even thinking about it, and I went and voted. Then, when I got out of the voting booths, I went back, and you were—that was when you were sort of deciding That's whether or not. That's when I pointed out to you, um, hey, I'm crossing this out. Maybe you should reconsider. Right. So I asked the lady if I could cross that out, and in the process, found out that she had messed up with my paperwork, and I had not filled out the proper paperwork. So at that point in time, so you had voted without actually going through the appropriate process. Correct. And usually, um, the, the the people that man the voter polls are um, little old ladies that are volunteering their time, and they rarely know what they're uh, uh, what they're doing. And um, you know, they're they're somewhat doddering old gals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes accompanied by their doddering old husbands. She she at that point in time got very pushy with me and she was trying to force me to sign the paper and she even she even threatened me with the state of New Hampshire coming after me and we laughed about it if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. And so what he wanted to know from me, I think at that point in time I wrote, well, I rescind my voting registration at the top of you the paper. You wrote that on the paper that she wanted you to yeah, sign. Yeah, the paper that she tried to force me to sign. I wrote that on the top of the paper and did not sign the paper. So we went to vote later, and we were still registered to vote. So they, I, I was under the impression that they had just ignored that statement because it wasn't an official statement. It was mm-hmm. just some scribbling at the top of the paper. So I thought they just ignored it, filed the papers with the rest of them. But I guess it's taken them six months to, to figure this all out, which there really is nothing to figure out. But what he wanted to know from me was why I wrote that at the top of the paper. And the reason that I wrote that was because I wanted to re-register and cross that paragraph out. Right. But like uh, Russell and Kat have found out here, uh, some other activists living in the Keene area, they've tried their damnedest to uh, remove themselves from the voter rolls. Because when they got here, they originally registered to vote. Then later they decided they didn't want to participate in the system at all. And so they went through the process of trying to figure out how to unregister to vote. They subsequently discovered that that's just not possible, apparently. And so you've actually emailed this guy to clarify. You asked him recently in an email as to whether or not it is even possible to unregister oneself from the voter rolls. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The pack at 8.net. Toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those. They are on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the show. Shrine.freetalklive.com will get you to it. That's, uh, once again, the Shrine of Female listeners, Shrine. FreeTalkLive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers, treating them with 
and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support FTL. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones to the fun and talk to Brad in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Brad. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great. What's on your mind? Uh, well, first of all, regarding what you were talking about tonight, I think I've, uh, I've moved, state sev- moved states uh, several times, and I don't think I've ever followed the laws with, uh, with regards to how quickly I need to get a new driver's license or mm-hmm. register my vehicle. Um, but it's never really caused a problem. Right on. But in addition to that, uh, last night you were talking about um, the housing market. Um, yes. My wife and I are actually moving from Georgia back to uh, California in Ooh. the near future, and I know you were saying that um, you didn't want to uh, didn't want people to uh, kind of sit out this housing market since I know you have a house for sale. But I don't think we've come anywhere near hitting bottom yet. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of people are feeling that way. You know, I was uh, listening to the news today, and uh, apparently um, last month they had a uh, spike in the sale of um, you know pre-owned homes. Um, it could be that this is that this is the uh, the bottom. It could be. Could Anything be that this is the happen. bottom. It's all speculation. It's all speculation. Way. Absolutely. Um, but I think, I think that may be true. I mean, the, the fact is there are going to be some people out there that are looking to buy a home, um, regardless of whether or not this is the bottom. Some people are looking to buy. It's just that there's so much on the market. It really is a buyer's market. The one thing about a house, as far as an investment goes, is I used to own stock in Enron. It's worth nothing now. The stock, uh, you know, the house that I own is never going to be worth nothing. Um, it's True. still got land underneath it. It's still a structure where people can lay their heads and, and that kind of thing, so... You know, I, I, we've seen a drop, and I think we may have uh, we we may see leveling out at this point. So, are you selling a home in uh, in Georgia, or are you just mentioning that you're moving? Uh, we're selling a home, and we actually got it sold. So we're uh, really oh, we you. only hold it two years, or we only hold it two years, but we managed to do fairly well on it. That's how uh, how did you when you say you you managed to get it sold? How long did it take you to sell? And what's uh, what's the what was the rest of the market like there? I took about. Um, I don't know, three, three and a half months to sell. Uh, the market in, uh, in the Atlanta suburbs is, is still fairly decent. Um, I don't think we've seen any downturn yet. Hmm. Well, congratulations to you. It's been down 30% where we come from. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. So, uh, you know, if, if, if my house doesn't sell by the end of this year, I'm going to get desperate, start taking drastic offers. And I think a lot of other people will as well, which, of course, will only drive prices down further. I, I intend to hold on to mine until I get some kind of price that makes me happy. Yours, it's rented, though, right? It is currently rented. Is that making it more difficult to show? Um, it, it, nobody's asking to see it, so it doesn't really right. seem to matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 800-259-9231. You know, I had something. Let's see. Here it is. Detroit and Reuters reporting with bidding stalled on some of the least desirable residences in Detroit's collapsing housing market. Even the fast-talking auctioneer was feeling the stress. Folks, the ground underneath the house goes with it. You do know that, right? He offered. After selling house after house in the Motor City for less than the $29,000 it cost to buy the average new car, the auctioneer tried a new line. Hey, the lumber in the house is worth more than that. As Detroit reels from job losses in the U.S. auto industry, the depressed city has emerged as a boom town in one area, foreclosed property. It also stands as a case study in the economic pain from a housing bust, as analysts consider whether a developing crisis in mortgages to high-risk borrowers will trigger a slowdown in the broader U.S. economy. 
The rising cost of mortgage financing for Detroit borrowers with weak credit has added to the downdraft from a slumping local economy to send home values plunging faster than many investors anticipated a few months ago. Uh, at a weekend sale of about 300 Detroit-area houses by an auction firm, the mood was marked more by fear than by greed. Quote, these people are investors, and they know the difficulty of finding financing. They know the difficulty of finding good tenants. They're cautious. Well, how low is low? The city, which has lost more than half its population in the past 30 years and struggled with rising crime, failing schools, and other social problems, largely missed out on the housing boom that swept most of, uh, much of the country in recent years. Prices have gained less than 2% per year in the five years since 2001, when the auto industry entered a renewed slump. Steve Izari, who refinanced his own house in suburban Dearborn, sold his restaurant to begin buying rental properties in, in Detroit two years was concerned that houses he thought were bargains at $70,000 two years ago were now selling for $35,000 mm. in Detroit. That's a tremendous drop. It is. Um, you know, you can go and uh, look on Realtor.com, and you can see quite a few houses in Detroit that are for sale even less than 35000 At least 16 Detroit houses up for sale on Sunday sold for $30,000 or less. A boarded-up bungalow sold for a thirteen hundred. A four-bedroom house near the original Motown recording studio sold for seven thousand dollars. He says you can't buy a used car for that. It's a gamble, and you have to wonder how low it's going to get. I mean, at those prices, it's hard to even imagine it getting any lower. Thirty thousand dollars for a house, seven grand for a four-bedroom. I mean, I mean, it's probably a shack. But still, they're not that bad, really. I I happen to go on Realtor.com today and uh, take a look at a few of um, houses in Detroit, and they're not terrible houses. They're in Detroit, um, which doesn't make it a great place to live, but they're not bad houses. Which lar- uh, with large swaths of the city now abandoned, banks are reclaiming and reselling Detroit homes from buyers who can no longer afford payments at seven times the national rate. The uh, mayor, Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick, was greeted with applause when he announced last week that two condos sold for over a million dollars each. But investors, including some from out of state, proved far more cautious at Sunday's auction. In the most spirited bidding of the day, a sprawling four-bedroom mansion from Detroit's boom days with an ornate stone entrance fetched $135,000. Wow. There, you know, some of these cities, some of these cities in the Rust Belt are uh, are going to see some problems from this housing uh, bust. That's hardcore stuff, man. That's that's bad news. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Many many markets that uh, saw the the largest uh, increases are going to see some problems too. Sarasota, Florida, uh, San Francisco, yeah, um, San we're Diego. Seeing it. Yeah. Let's go to Kenny in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Kenny. Good evening. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh so is it Utopia up there where you guys are at? No, I'm, I'm I'm curious to know. Uh, why would it be um, utopia? No, it's not. Know, it's not a serious question, is it? No, it really was. <laughs> no, why would it be utopia? Come on. Because um, there's got to be some. There's got to be somewhere left. Got to be somewhere left where there's a little bit of utopia. Well, it's the, it is the freest state. Uh, one would one could very easily argue that New Hampshire is the freest of all the 50 states, but it's still got a long ways to go. I mean, just last week they passed a law against letting balloons go into the sky. Um, so there's a lot of work to be done here. The fact is, the best activists in the world, the best activists in America, are all coalescing here in New Hampshire. And within the next, I mean, already, in my opinion, it is the place to be. And within the next five years, you'd be insane to be anywhere else, in my opinion. 
And and what's the average mean house go for in the area that you guys are at? Where we're at, it's it's different. Um, I mean, it's different uh, five miles from here. It it all depends. Keene is one of the higher property tax areas. Keene's where okay. we happen to live. But there are surrounding towns that have drastically lower property taxes and lower priced and, houses and lower priced houses. And you can get houses for next to nothing up in uh, north of the Notch, up in the Berlin area. You can get whole multi-unit places for under two hundred thousand dollars there. So um, okay, and, and what about about raw acreage there's Yay plenty of that eight. yeah well there's it, it's new hampshire there's plenty yeah there's okay most of this place uh, most of the state is i just saw it. 25 acres um inside the city of Keene for one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. and you guys have not done a full winter yet right oh, yeah we, were, we, we went through well, a full I mean, winter if you consider this the end of winter yes we have uh, okay we arrived yeah. in september yeah it's, and, it, wasn't, and, and, it was and very it, mild this year though they say and uh how, in t- how much of a shock from Florida? Because I'm thinking that's where you guys are from, Florida. That is where we're from. It was a bit of a shock to Mark. We can explain that a little bit. Hang on, 800-259-9231. People want to know these things they do, about they do. New Hampshire. It's scary and cold up here. More's <laughs> on the way. You can take control People of the airways. Actually, today, be- the weather's been beautiful for the past couple of days. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, packet8.net, toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All of the features totally free, though we do ask you voluntarily support the show by voting for us. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com. Help keep us in the top ten podcasts of the world. Odds are pretty good we're going to stay in the top ten for the rest of the month. But usually what happens here in the last week is the number two show... The show about Harry Potter is going to come come and overtake us at some point in the last week. That yeah. tends to be what happens because we just can't keep the the momentum up in the voting for the entire month. I don't think we've ever closed out the month. We've no, never one. finished number as number one. We finished at two uh, last we, month. We finished at two. Yeah, uh, we finished at two before. And it'll be interesting to see how we do this month. We've we've been number one for most of the month. For uh, in fact, all I think all twenty three days. So Our far. current lead is. Five votes, and, and that's we've where managed it's been. to we've managed to keep basically this. We're pacing them. At tiny, this point. tiny, tiny little lead over the Potter kid, and uh, I, gonna, they're going to cast a spell here in a few days, and they're going to try to run past us. Yeah, so they're going to get you. us with that magic wand of theirs. We need you to go to vote.freetalklive.com, cast a vote for the show, and then ask some friends to do it as well via email or IM or however you can do it. Vote.freetalklive.com because if we're number one, it means more people um, spotting us, listening to us, and then hearing the message. Of freedom and liberty. So if that's important to you, vote.freetalklive.com. As we go back to Kenny in Ohio, Kenny asking some questions about this whole New Hampshire thing. And uh, the, one, the one question you just finished asking, Kenny, and I wanted to make sure Mark had a good chance to respond to you, was, was there a, some shock when you moved from Florida 1,500 miles up to New Hampshire? That was basically your, your question, right, Kenny? Yeah, that was definitely my question. You know, I, I had a difficult time getting, um, getting used to the uh, sort of the ruralness of where I am. Now, to be fair, you you pretty much were forced to move. Uh, if, as far as if you were going to move to New Hampshire with Free Talk Live, you pretty much had to move right. where I was going to. So you didn't really have the luxury of being able to select where you wanted to go to. Right. New Hampshire has um, you know, has a city. Uh, Manchester's a rather large city. Um, it has plenty of rural areas. It had pretty much whatever you'd want. It has coastal areas, yeah. mountains, th- those kind of things. Um, I, uh, you know, I had to go where, Ke- where uh, to Keene, New Hampshire, where Ian was, and it's a little smaller town than I would have picked on my own. 
Um, so and that did translate into some sort of uh, some culture, of shock, culture I think shock. Is probably you, the uh, you wanted to go home. I did um, um, in the beginning. You know, I I saw lots of good things about the town that I'm in, but uh, I've never lived any place besides Sarasota and Bradenton, Florida. So it was tough for you. For me, it was no big deal. I loved being here. I loved everything about Keene. Just a beautiful place, Julia. I mean, what, how did you feel when you got oh, here? Oh, I loved and, it too. I've moved all over the place, so moving is not a big deal for me. I've never been in one place for a long well, time. But like time. Mark, I'd always lived in Sarasota as well. So my response was entirely different from Mark's. Then again, I did choose to come to Keene. That's correct. Um, and so that might have been a factor as well. Now, Kenny, you're in Ohio, so I don't know if there's going to be... Uh, where do you live in Ohio? Cleveland, right on the lake. Okay, so Cleveland, that's a pretty big city. I mean, what is there, a few hundred thousand people there? Yeah, a few hundred thousand, and incidentally, the uh, the city that I actually live in, I think about four weeks ago, so they had, they had the uh, highest foreclosure rate in the nation. Whoa! Uh, I don't really see it. I mean, I see a lot of houses for sale, but you know whether or not those are foreclosures, I'm not really sure. Um, high temperature, low temperature. What was high, what was the lowest temperature you guys experienced up there this year? Well, when it got cold um, at, at night, it was probably uh, negative ten, negative five, negative ten. Something yeah, but that's like that. at night. Everybody's inside, so that's it, that's serious cold, though. That's yeah, right. the coldest I experienced when going to work in the morning was negative seven. Yeah, I mean, really, it's well, it's it's the only difference between here and Florida is that in Florida you're running from an air conditioned car to an air conditioned home to an air conditioned car to an air com- air conditioned workplace. Here you're running from you're a running heated car. For heat. Yeah, you're running for a heated car to a heated home to a heated. I mean, really, that's the only difference. It's like just the total opposite, and it doesn't take that much getting used to either. Surprisingly enough, Kenny, thanks for the call. We appreciate take hearing care. from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go to Chris in West Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Chris. Hi, how you doing? Great. What's uh, up? Good, good. I've just been listening on the internet. Um, I'm. Uh, I live in West Virginia. I used to live in Massachusetts. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I and. Been listening to you guys talk about New Hampshire, and to be honest with you, I, I I have friends in New Hampshire. I do love New Hampshire, but I think all of the totalitarianism of Massachusetts is moving into New Hampshire. In fact, my friends refer to New Hampshire as Northern Massachusetts. Well, um, I think your friends, I, I, you know, what you're pointing out is something that would be inevitably what would occur. Um, in New Hampshire, if uh, if the Free State Project didn't uh, didn't come in, now right. all the people that are moving from Massachusetts, and there are some, and there's certainly more people moving from Massachusetts than um, there are people moving for the Free State Project, but most people are sheep. They do what they're told to um, told to do by the media. They That's do right. uh, what they're told to do by their friends. What their friends sort of suggest um, for them to do, and they're not politically active, and most of them don't vote. Right. A lot of the people moving from Massachusetts aren't necessarily moving to take over politically. A lot of them are just moving because they want to avoid X, Y, Z taxes that happen to be in, in Massachusetts that aren't in New Hampshire. They want to live in New Hampshire and not pay those Massachusetts taxes, but maybe work in Massachusetts. But they bring, like they bring a lot of the, uh, the values and things that they've, been, uh, they've grown up with. Sure uh, they do. With and, and you know what? There are well, New Yorkers and New Jerseyites moving into Florida as well. I mean, and they're bringing their status values into Florida. But well, you have to remember that here in New Hampshire, there's an influx of liberty-loving individuals that are activists. We're not just people that sit around. We're people that actually do things. In fact, just here in Keene alone, there are various different types of libertarian and pro-liberty media. We've got a newspaper. We've got a, a we've got a, a two radio shows. We've got a television show. Mark, you're going to launch a TV show here within a couple weeks if mm-hmm. all goes as planned. I mean, I, there's there is more libertarian pro-liberty media in this one city than. Anywhere else in the country. 
Well, I, I, I tend to agree with you there, um, but if I wanted to live off the land, um, if I wanted to get completely off the grid, I probably wouldn't do it in New Hampshire. Uh, you've got a longer growing season in states like West Virginia, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina. Um, hey, you know, you know if that's and, what you're looking to do, I'm sure if you go out in the middle of nowhere, then you're not going to be bothered by the bureaucrats. And you can probably do that in many states. So if that's what you're looking for, then by all means, um, you know, I wish you the best of luck. For the rest of us, we want to set as many people free as we possibly can, and that's going to take activism. That's going to take being seen publicly. And, uh, you know, to each his own. Thank you for the call, Chris. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Roger in Iowa. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Roger. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. How are you doing? Great. And There's a lady here. Yes. What's on your mind? Um, on the show, I've been hearing about these uh, new uh, pornographic laws on the Internet. And being an IT manager, it really kind of bothers me quite a bit. Uh, with, uh, it's one of the last free places you can actually go and do things anymore. It's true. Now, uh, the, there was good news yesterday, and that is the uh, the COPA law from 1998 has been struck down. Oh, excellent. That's what I want to hear. More of those. <laughs> trying to strike them down a little bit. Um but the reason I called in the other night, you were talking about uh, the child pornographic more than, or the child uh, people that they're trying to keep children from seeing the uh, pornographic stuff more than anything. When I always hear that, I always tried to wonder, you know, what kind of parents are these that uh, let their kids just go on the internet and surf and do whatever they want? And, and I always, as an IT manager, knowing how open it is, and that's the beauty of it. It's open, and anybody can do what they want and do and see whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Being an IT manager, I, I have people that want me to come hook up their computers and do stuff like that. And uh, one day, one of the partners of my firm come up to me and told me, you know, Christmas is coming up, and I wanted to get uh, my teenage daughters their own notebook computers. And then he had like a six-year-old that uses a computer at home, too. And he wanted me to hook up this wireless network and get everything all set up for them. Right. And allow them to be able to have all the freedom of uh, the Internet and using computers and all that stuff. Sure. Um and I said, yeah, that's cool. We can do that and get that all set up for you. But the next question was, I asked him, you know, the Internet, is, you know, it's a pretty open place. There's a lot of stuff on there your kids might, you might not want your kids to see. And what would you want me to do set up for security on the system? And he looked at me and he goes, well, my daughters are beautiful daughters, are wonderful children, and I'd never think of trying to restrict what they do on the Internet. Well, good for oh him. <laughs> And I said, well, that's great. It's, that's, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad your kids are like that. And I'm glad you're a good enough parent to be able to trust them like that and watch what they do. So I went forward and installed the whole system and got everything all set up and everything. And it was probably about two weeks after I did all that, he come back to me and goes, you know, my six-year-old daughter was sitting on a computer, and she happened to type some words in, and this just horrible pornographic site came up and all these things are on there and i just is there any way i could turn all this off for my six-year-old daughter so she wouldn't be able to see these things right well i, w- I went through and explained to him again i go well there's these softwares i can put on there can lock it down to where she'd only see certain things and stuff like that and he sure. thought about it again he goes you know i think i'll just think about it for a little bit longer but uh, the, the part that surprised me the most is these are very well-educated intelligent people and everything and they're truly trying their hardest to to educate their kids and be able to work with them so they know what's out there. And uh, it really surprised me 
that, yeah, I uh, think a lot of people don't really have a grasp. I don't think they really understand as deep and as dark as the Internet can go. Mm. And I think that might have been a factor there. Roger, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. But I have a lot of respect for somebody who, even in the face of all that, says, you know, they should still be able to look around. They should still be able to see it. Hour two's coming up. Agree. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those. They're on us. That's freetalklive.com. On the way, the feds are threatening to get into the pet food industry in a major way. Julia's got the the, uh, the report there, but according to, let's see, the latest news headlines, looks like there's a bit of a conflict brewing in Washington, D.C., and our uh, political beat reporter Johnson in Connecticut has the story. Johnson, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello. Hello, Johnson in Connecticut. Johnson going once. Johnson. There we go. Hello? You're here. There we go. Hey. What's going um, on? So I wanted to, you know, I don't want to turn Free Talk Live into political hack radio, uh, but I do want to get the uh, your your opinions on it. I mean, I know every kind of every news organization in the country right now is talking about this stupid mess that that may get vetoed anyway. But basically, what happened is in a strategic move, the Democrats have decided to uh, attach to a bill uh, a hundred and twenty-four billion dollars of additional funding for the military, right? Now, you would think maybe, why are the Democrats supporting $124 billion in addition to the military? Well, they put together a bill that also, while giving $124 billion to the military, it also sets a deadline for when the troops come home uh, a year from now, uh, actually uh, September of 2008, all troops would need to be out. Hmm or in a uh, non-combat position. So essentially what they've done is they passed this uh, this bill that says, okay, well, we're going to fund the troops as long as you agree to pulling them out at this by this particular date. And right. that way um, Bush has to actually, if he doesn't want this, he has to veto it and say, no, I don't want to fund the troops um, right. because I don't want to pull out, in which case it would be a stalemate. Right. And, well, and here's the other thing is that supposedly – they're saying something that there's a deadline for that Bush somehow needs this funding within the next six weeks or, or something's going to happen, that there's, there's going to be some major problems over there because they're running out. They're running out of funding. Right. Um, Bush, and then the Bush other... himself says uh, in this article that he, this almost sounds like a threat. He says that if uh, the spending bill is not approved, he said troops and their families by April 15th, troops and their families will, quote, face significant disruptions, unquote. Yeah. That sounds yeah, kind of scary. He... He's a scumbag. But, uh, you they know, the other are. thing that. Yeah, they well, all yeah, they are. They all are because they're playing political football with people's lives here. Yep. 
And the other, the other thing that they did, of course, with this bill is to try and make it more appealing and to get the prerequisite amount of votes. They also uh, put in a bunch of farm subsidies to subsidize uh, the spinach growers that were harmed because of the E. coli stuff and uh, the Florida orange growers to, to try and get some of the Republicans from Florida to support it. They just, you know, it, it's, it's sick, it's sad. And that's what's going on. You know, and I also had another little uh, tidbit of news that I wanted to bring up. Um, I guess uh, Rosie O'Donnell has hopped on the same bandwagon <laughs> as Charlie Sheen now <laughs> and is supporting the uh, 9-11 conspiracy theorists. Okay, yeah, I actually heard something about that earlier this week. Um, I don't yeah. know, what, you know, what do you have to say about that? Well, they're now, you know, and I don't know, I think it's ridiculous, but now they're calling for Rosie, you know, they're, they're saying that, it, that Rosie O'Donnell is going to be responsible for ending, um, oh, what's her name, the, the serious newscaster, Barbara Walters, for, that, that Rosie O'Donnell is going to be uh, responsible for ending uh, Barbara Walters' career because they're both on The View together, and that Barbara Walters shouldn't be tolerating this, and mm. that uh, Rosie O'Donnell should be taken off the show, and, you know, a lot of people are just kind of, uh, you know, Whoa, we can't hear this mess. We can't even have her be able to talk about this. Well, well, she should be able to talk about it. She's a it. bit of a character. Of I mean, I think that uh, people sort of see that. And uh, I may not agree with her, but um, she I should don't. be able to talk about it. Now, what I thought was interesting is a lot of newscasts uh, called when they called what she was doing spewing hatred. What spewing hatred. hatred against and that whom? was the kind of the phrase that was repeated over and over and over again. What is that hatred of? The government? Right. Hatred against whom? Well, Rosie certainly doesn't hate the government. She she likes the government just fine. She likes yeah, the, you know, she likes the gun million laws. Mom march. Right. She loves the gun laws. It's just that she believes, like a lot of the conspiracy, conspiracy people do, she just believes that this one particular administration is evil and needs to be replaced by another administration. That's all these people want. And, yeah. of course, that'll result in all of no changes. The only thing that you're just going to shift heads around. You're just shifting people around. You're not actually doing anything to fundamentally change the uh, this rotten system that we have, which is really, I mean, the story that you bring up with the Democrats passing this bill, uh, 218 to 212, which is what the, the vote was, and now it goes to the Senate, uh, of course, for approval. But the you know this really was brilliantly outlining how dismal and how despicable these people are in Washington, D.C. They are using the, the lives of the American soldiers, the boys and girls over in Iraq, as, uh, as a political game, as they bounce them back and forth between the two sides of the aisle. And, I mean, the, these, the threats coming from the president here, essentially saying that, hey, if we don't get this through, then, uh, you know, you guys are just going to sit out there in the desert and you're going to die. That's essentially what the president basically said. It's, it's sick. Yeah, it really is. Johnson, any other thoughts for us? And, and the other thing is, is, you know, that's pretty much what a lot of them are doing, just sitting out in the desert. The troops? I mean, mean? They're, they're just not doing anything. I mean, for a lot of it, a lot of the, you know, most of these troops, you know, there's, there's sporadic stuff where they're driving around town and they get hit by a car bomb. Right. But, I mean, as far as actually doing anything over there, come on. They're just, I mean, literally, they're going to sit out in the desert doing nothing and die. Yeah, you're right about that. That's mostly what goes on. I mean, it's what do they call it? Peacekeeping at this point? Is that what their yeah. is that what their mission is? Yeah, peace. Yeah, I don't know. It's, a, it's an occupation. They're occupying and they're awaiting attacks. I mean, that's what you that's what you do. You occupy the country and uh, you uh, in, you 
put as many restrictions on the population as possible, put up barbed wire and checkpoints, and then you just sit around, you wait to get attacked. That's what goes on. Yep. But they'd like us to believe that they're actually out there fighting for freedom. Yeah, of course right. they would. Thanks right. for the call, well, Johnson. Appreciate it. Thanks fellas. for the update. 800-259-9231. President Bush, this is a quote from him. He says, These Democrats believe that the longer they can delay funding for our troops, the more likely they are to force me to accept restrictions on our commanders, an artificial timetable for withdrawal, and their pet spending projects. This is not going to happen. Well, what happens on April 15th? He says if it's not approved and signed into law, the spending bill, on April 15th, he said the troops and their families will, quote, face significant disruptions, end quote. What does that mean exactly? What happens when the military doesn't get funded? I, I, I would think that they would, there'd have to be some kind of emergency funding. There has to be. But it has to be appropriated. It has to be passed. The Congress has to pass an emergency funding bill. What happens well, if still that got, doesn't happen? They've still got their tanks. They've still got their bullets. They've still got their guns. I mean, right. they can operate out there. They wouldn't be getting paychecks, which I would think would uh, dramatically affect morale. Would the paychecks stop? I mean, can't, do they have like a different little area for the money to go into for paychecks? I wouldn't or, think so. Or would they absolutely stop getting paychecks? And what would that do? I, I, I don't what, know. Well, all the soldiers, how many of the soldiers over there are really fighting for the, you know, America, this concept of we're fighting for America's freedom? How, how quickly would that change if all of a sudden the money dried up? How many of them would continue on fighting for America's freedom just because they care? About America. Well, I don't think that that's uh, I don't think that's indicative of much of anything. I mean, of course they're they're supposed to get paid. They are uh, for doing a job, and and I don't. You know, I just wonder what me. percentage of them would continue on and fight for no pay. Well, I here's the not p- many the, of the them. Issue, I, imagine. I don't know though. Um, where are they going to go? I don't know. And how do they get back <laughs> if the military right. doesn't have any money? How do they get back? Um, hmm? they, they don't get back. We don't have any more money for gas. How do you get back? How do you get on the C-130s? You, you don't, don't have gas. Yeah, money makes the world go round. You're not going, right. coming back. Well, of course, they wouldn't be an approved, uh, there wouldn't be an approved pullout either. So they wouldn't be getting funding, nor would they be getting the approval to pull out. So what happens to them? If you're a military person, you can answer that. would love to hear from you. 800-259-9231. What happens if the military doesn't get more money and doesn't get an order to pull out? I would really like to know. 800-259-9231. That's the Packet8.net toll-free line. And that apparently is the situation that uh, that we're looking at right now in Washington, D.C. And all of the people over there, all of their lives hang in the balance. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And that does include the bulletin board system. Over 200,000 posts, quickly approaching 210,000. In fact, over 1,500 people interacting all for free. A lot of fun. BBS.freetalklive.com gets you to it. Uh, And I'd like to point out, for those of you who are on the BBS, uh, those of you who might be new to the BBS, when you sign on to the BBS for the first time, you can go there and you can read it. And that, you know, that's not, you don't have to sign up at that point. But when you go to the BBS for the first time, there's a, there's a little agreement that comes up on the screen that makes it very clear that the Free Talk Live BBS is a virtually unmoderated forum, which means that you could come across, theoretically, virtually anything at the Free Talk Live BB, uh, bulletin board system. And it's likely that you will. Now, our, 
our current users and our there are a few moderators that hang out there. Julia is one of them. When they come across a, a thread that has had some sort of uh, pornographic content posted to it, they will edit the subject line of the thread with the NSFW, not safe for work. Mm-hmm. So we try to you know we try to look out for some of our uh, viewers by doing that little service. But if you click on an NSFW thread. Please do not report that thread uh, for containing objectionable content. You knew it was going to have objectionable content in it. And so I'd just like to point out that uh, this is an unmoderated forum, so don't expect us to do much unless there's somebody on there spamming it or posting just uh, hate, just utter hate. And there's even one guy who posts Nazi symbols, and everybody knows he's just a, a, a big joke. So, you know, we sort of let him get away with it. But if, you, if you're just on there spewing hate or spewing spam, uh, you're going to get banned. But otherwise, anything. Threats. Goes. Physical threats. Yeah, that too. So, bbs.freetalklive.com. It is a lot of fun, as long as you're not really uppity. 800-259-9231. There's uh, some news out of Washington, D.C. We just got off the phone with Johnson, giving us the latest on it. Uh, a very close vote, 218 to 212. The House has approved a spending bill for Iraq. But there's one provision here that the president is pretty upset about. Yeah, I bet he doesn't like that much at all. Uh, the, the provision is that they need to pull out by the end of 2008. Yeah, well, do you understand the, the other political implications of this? By the end of 2008, um, that's, that's no time soon. They could do a lot. A lot of Americans die Actually, between now. before September of 2008. That's a, the a lot of Americans can die by September 2008. Sure. What this does is cleans up that whole Iraq mess for the uh, incoming Democratic president, is what the uh, Democrats uh, think to themselves. Hmm. Oh, well, well the, uh, when, when we get our guy in there, uh, Obama or Clinton, um, they won't have to deal with this Iraq war mess. They don't have to look. All the troops whatever will be the home. Reason, whatever the reasoning is, it's, put, uh, it's created a very interesting situation, and one that I have a lot of questions about. And what I want to know from you, especially if you've got military experience, is... If the military doesn't get a funding bill passed, which is what the primary purpose of this bill is, Mm -hmm. if the military doesn't get a funding bill, then what happens? Like if they don't – the president is threatening and saying that um, by April 15th they need to have this bill passed or else families and troops will face significant disruptions. Those are his words. What does that mean? What will the consequences be of the military not getting the funding? If this continues to be a stalemate, what will happen? Will the paychecks dry up? And if the paychecks dry up, what's that going to result in? Let's go to somebody who might know these things, Puke, who just got out of the military, calling from New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Puke. Good evening. Hey, what's up? Uh, Well, I can only speculate since I don't think this has ever happened. Um, But I can guarantee you that uh, a lot of... The people that I've worked with in my six years in the military, and myself included, if we suddenly stopped getting paid, it you know game over. Um, if I was in the states, I would just stop going to work, and you know I'd just essentially just be a bump on a log. And if I was in Iraq, I'd do the same thing. Now, wait, you know, I don't expect you, Puke. I don't expect you to know the entire military contract, but you know that when you sign up to the military. They do expect you to stay in it for uh, for eight years, four years on in the individual ready reserve. Uh, would not getting paid break that agreement? If you were in year number three and all of a sudden the paycheck stopped coming, 
would you be able to just go home and say, oh, that's it, I'm done, I'm out of my agreement, no more, five more years left, it's all done, you stopped paying me, contract's violated. Or would they be able to say, I mean, they are the, the military and the government, so they, they they can use force. Would they just be able to right. say, okay, well, it was only two weeks, Puke, uh, we're, we're going to add it to your next paycheck, everything's okay, you need to come back here or we're going to throw you in a break. What do you think would happen? Well, I can imagine that they would do that. They'd probably, you know, since... Most people get paid on a monthly basis, you know, after the first month there might be some grumbling and then by the second month, you know, you'd have people in debt, their families wouldn't be getting fed. I mean, I, I could assume that it would be just utter chaos um, because I don't know of anybody that joined the military as a charity uh, volunteer or something like that. Well, a lot know? of them have that mentality. Of, they have the mentality of, well, I'm fighting for my country. You don't, You think that would just evaporate if the paychecks went away? Well, I don't. I don't know if it's a lot of people. That's that's the um, per common perception that a lot of soldiers are like that. But uh, that most of us that were in the army, you know, when I was in, it was all for a paycheck. It was for college money, easy money, was, easy know, job, yeah, uh, easy money. Right. So so many people were paying off, like say, college loans or some sort of debt that they'd acquired, and so they joined the military because it was a steady paycheck. So. If the government cut off the paychecks, you know, it would just be a mess. What happens? Um, okay, now speaking of a mess, you were a helicopter repairman over in Iraq. What happens if you are still in Iraq, still a helicopter repairman? Paychecks get cut off. All of a sudden, um, things start running out. Uh, they they aren't able to buy gasoline or whatever. I don't know what all the consequences of this would be. But how hard would it be to leave at that point? Well, um, it'd probably be pretty difficult to leave because, um, you know, it's it's not like you can just go down to the uh, airport and get a ticket or something because it is Iraq and it's a combat zone and white people are kind of targeted, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know how that would happen. Um, but since the aircraft that I worked on carried 38 people, you know, they could be like, hey, let's go and fly off. And I don't know. You'd have to get a pilot on your side at that point, right? Yeah. Um, you'd have to fly to some country in Europe or something like that? What's that? You basically have to fly to another country and get on there, get it, go to their airport, have your family buy you yeah. a ticket, or you buy yourself a ticket and, to get out, right? Right, you could fly to Kuwait. So um, it would literally Kuwait be every man for himself. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, um, Pew, couldn't, uh, couldn't somebody... Get three friends together um, with 500 bucks in their pocket each. Um, get one of them Humvees with a with a gun on top and uh, drive relatively safely from uh, the green zone to the airport. And uh, there, pay cash for an airline ticket and fly out of uh, Baghdad International. Yeah, it is possible. Um, one of the bases that was very close to the one that I was stationed that was connected to the international airport in Baghdad. Hmm. Um, you know, you could run across the flight line, hand some Iraqi order or whatever, a thousand bucks, and I'm sure he'd figure out how to get you onto a plane. Yeah, I think those guys would be happy to see, uh, I think they'd be happy to see the troops leaving. I think they'd, uh, they'd do everything they could to, to help you get out of there. Yeah, this, I I, it's sure going to be interesting to watch, and, uh, and Puke, thank you for the expertise. We appreciate hearing from you, sure. sir. Hope to see you on Sunday. We've got a free Keen meeting happening, uh, happening here in Keene, and uh, looking forward to seeing a bunch of uh, interesting personalities there. 800-259-9231, thepacket8.net, toll-free line for you. Marcus is on the line. He's got some comments on this whole military funding thing. How big of a debacle would this be? If they don't pass this funding bill, how quickly will the funds run out? How long do they have? 
This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet, 8.net, toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features, totally free, including live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version, free. Enjoy them, freetalklive.com. And what happened to the Republicans? They were spending like drunken Democrats, says Michael Tanner in his new book, Leviathan on the Right. How Big Government cons- uh, Conservatism Brought Down the Republican Revolution. It's Laissez-Faire Books' March Lysander Spooner Award winner. Get Leviathan on the Right and other books and videos on liberty at LFB.com. That's Laissez-Faire Books, LFB.com. I want to know what the consequences would be from those of you who've got military experience. What would the consequences be if the next military spending bill just doesn't go through? What happens? Let's go to the phones and talk to Marcus in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Marcus. Hey. hey. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making uh, it. What's on your mind? Basically, uh, when you're in the military, you take orders from your commanders. Um, that's what you're paid for. You have room and board wherever you go. Right. So, uh, you know, no matter what uh, Congress says or, or what the politicians say, you're going to follow orders. Okay. Um, so it doesn't matter if uh, you're getting a paycheck for it or not because your commander is going to tell you, look, we have a fight to fight, and that's all that matters. Your buddies are out here in the field, and you got to protect them. And uh, if it goes to more extreme measures, then, you know, they take you all back and shoot you for not following orders. So wait a minute. So, you're telling me, but hold on. We're talking about a possible situation where the paychecks might just stop. You're telling me yeah. that everybody's just going to keep on following orders and doing as they're told? Yes, they are. Hmm. Yep, exactly. I mean, they, they, they really don't have a choice. They were over there, they got on a plane, and they went to to a foreign land for nothing. So why would a paycheck make a difference? Well, uh, we just we just talked to a guy who just got out of the military a couple of months ago. He was the caller before you, and he said that uh, it, it, he didn't he he and his friends wouldn't be real happy about uh, serving if they weren't getting paychecks. Yeah, he said they wouldn't be real happy, but they he didn't say they wouldn't they wouldn't follow orders. He you said know, he'd that's sit there the like problem. A... They'll follow any blind order that they're given. He said he'd sit there like a bump on a log. Wouldn't do a thing. What about the commanding officers? I mean, they wouldn't be getting paid either. Why would well, they continue see, calling? If you're, if you're a commanding officer, you're already well, quote-unquote, trained. You're already indoctrinated into their whole system. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to question what your commanders say. You're already, you know, 20, 30 years in the military. True. You, you, so what you're suggesting is your commanders would be saying, don't worry about it, we'll get you paid here at the end of the next couple months. Isn't that, isn't that what politics is all about? I mean, come on. Yeah. What, what would happen if, if they act, but what would happen if they didn't pass this funding bill? How long would it be before people start, I mean, before the military could, couldn't buy gasoline anymore? I mean, how long would it be before the, the bullets ran out? Um, what would... Uh, well, the bullets won't run out, that's for sure. Right. Um, I think it would be when the... Uh, the ones that are old World War II vets 
given the orders now, when they're all gone, you know, when their time has passed, then maybe we might see a change. World War II <laughs> vets are probably gone somewhere. I think it means Vietnam. Somewhere in the, yeah, maybe Vietnam vets. Well, you know what I'm saying. Right. But you're saying the money's not going to run out anytime soon. They've got enough. No, um, because it's really not money that kills people. You know what I'm saying? I know that, but money's got to go into those gas tanks. They're driving those Humvees around. They're driving the armored personnel carriers around. That's got to cost money and gas, and they've got to get that gas from somewhere. I suppose they could just well, roll up to a Baghdad gas station. I mean, that's why we're in the Middle East. You know, we got free gas now. Good point. I suppose they could just roll up to a gas station in Baghdad, point a gun at the why owner. Why not? Right, exactly, in one of those Humvees and tear it out. Oh, my goodness. Either way, it sure would be a mess, wouldn't it, Marcus? Yeah, it would. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I mean, there, there's no doubt that something would change. There'd be some significant change if uh, this funding bill does not go through by April 15th. I mean, the president himself is getting on the air and making threats to military members and their families. Well, I think that, um, you know, by April 15th, if, if the president didn't want to play ball with Congress, he could actually, and he didn't want to have a, a deadline um, in place, that he could actually pull all the troops out by April 15th if he wanted to. I think he could really do it. He could, but why would he do that? Why would be against he? his whole thing. It would be against what he wants to do, which is stay. But um, if he's afraid that his back's going to be up against the wall because he has a date, um, and then you know somehow that date is going to empower the terrorists somehow, I've never quite understood that. But um, I, you know, his, I, not, I his back's not going to be up against the wall. He'll make it look like it's the Democrats' fault. All they'll all do is they'll they'll, they'll just play politics. If April fifteenth comes around and the this spending bill hasn't been passed, he'll just get on the television and he'll say, uh, look, I'm sorry, uh, my troops, uh, the, the Democrats want to delay this, but put a bunch of pork in this bill, and, and you know, I'm a fiscal conservative, so I, I had to reject it, and uh, we can't pull out, you know, we can't pull out from Iraq, so I had to reject it, so I blame the Democrats for this. And, of course, all the George Bush proponents will say, yeah, George, you really gave it a, a good try. Yeah, we know Those you care Democrats. about the troops. Yeah, those darn days. It'll just be politics. I'm sure that's true. Let's continue with Mark in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Julia and Mark. Hello, Mark. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, what's Um, on your mind? Well, um, I was listening to this guy uh, just a few minutes ago talking about, you know, you just follow orders. Um, I was in the service uh, back in the early 70s. Mm -hmm. I had the uniform code of military justice, and it says in there it's not only your right, it's your duty to not follow illegal orders would the orders become illegal just because there's no money going around anymore no i'm (laughs) i'm saying the troops uh people don't understand that the vietnam war ended because the troops realized that this was a bogus confrontation and they just stopped working they just said we're not doing this anymore really and if the uh if the troops over there yeah, I mean, this is an illegal war. It's based on lies. I think pretty much now everybody understands that. I think so. There, I hope. there were no weapons of mass destruction. Uh, they, they, they wanted to throw Saddam out because he tortures people, but now we torture people, mm-hmm. so it's okay. And uh, if the troops just just stop, <laughs> just stop, that would end the war. Would the, troops, would the troops stop, or have they been brainwashed uh, more so than they were in the past today? Um, oh yeah. Oh, they. Uh, video games. The violent video games were created to train troops to human beings. You and I, and uh, everybody else. They have a real problem shooting somebody, mm-hmm. and to get them used to shooting somebody, 
they created these video games. Who's they? First, now the hold on time. a second. Who's they? Yeah. I, I've, been, I've agreed with you up until to this point. Well, no, I, that's just not the case. I mean, as somebody who's familiar with the history of video games, as somebody who's been playing them for uh, for a long time, I'm pretty sure that the military and the Pentagon weren't uh, funding id software back in 1993 when they created uh, Doom. I'm pretty sure there wasn't any military funding involved uh, in the creation of uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein or Wolfenstein 3D, uh, some of the early precursors to the games that we have today. Uh, games and you were created. Say that why? Games were created in order to sell copies and make a profit. That's why games were created, because people wanted to simulate violence without actually having all of the nastiness that usually goes along with it, like blood and actual well, death. It's okay, nothing well, like... If you play, have you played root, video games before? The root of the games you're talking about came from them making the games to get the troops used to shooting people. You're, you're acting as though the wait, military wait, wait, is behind wait, 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 all these game on. companies. Uh, hold on what, just a second. Before we go any farther, our troops have been shooting people a heck of a lot longer than there have been video games. I mean, yes, and they've had a problem. And that was one of the problems in Vietnam. When the troops first got over there, they didn't really want to shoot people. You know, that's you, we're people. We don't right. want to shoot other people. And, and, and they would, they would uh, balk. They would stall. They sure. Would, and a lot of them got killed because... And, well, I would and there probably were draft, do that. And there I, were draftees then as well. But now, wait, I think you might be confused. Uh, because, okay, go ahead. Because there really is one game that the military did dump a bunch of money into to create, and it's called America's Army. It actually is a video game created by the military, and to that extent, you might be right. But to suggest that all violent video games were funded by the military is no, absolutely absurd. No, 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 absurd. I didn't say that. Stop, stop. I did not say that. I said the basis of them was the game's that were created for the military, and then, you know, guys want to make a buck, and they said, people are playing this stuff, let's make some more. Yeah, the games weren't created for the military um, until just recently. Not the games you're talking about. No, no, I agree. Not the games you're talking Okay. Music. Okay. Very good. Now I understand where you're coming from because they're, back in the old days, the military didn't have anything to do with, with video games. They only discovered them within the last decade. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. This is your show. You bring up whatever you want. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features totally free. We do ask you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about the program. It's very simple in concept. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is that uh, you send in three bucks a month to the show. We take it in and turn it around into promoting Free Talk Live. We get Free Talk Live on more radio stations. We get more Internet listeners on board with the show. And you can see how we're doing it. Get all the details at amp.freetalklive.com. Also, you'll learn about the variety of uh, different little perks that you'll get for becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. So head on over to amp.freetalklive.com. Still talking about this whole uh, President Bush conflicting with the Democratic Congress over the funding of the military. Uh, In case you didn't know, earlier today, the Democrats passed a spending bill, a military spending appropriations bill, which is something that the Congress has been doing for the past four years, is passing bill after bill, more billions and billions of dollars being sent to the military. Well, this time they're saying, okay, we'll send this $130 billion to the military, but you have to pull out all of the troops by the end of September of 2008. 
So they, gave, they, 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 they attached it to a deadline, an ultimatum. That's correct. So they said, if you want this money, you have to pull out. And the president is essentially saying, no, I'm not going to sign it. And uh, Well, I don't see that uh, you're making him sound petulant and uh, immature when I don't see that they're being any, any less petulant and immature. Well, what would you suggest they do? I think if that indeed is... they believe they were elected to end the Iraqi war, how would you suggest they handle it? Well, give a, uh, the, the date that they're giving him essentially just covers their own butts. I don't think they're looking to save military members. I mean, pull them out now. Well, we know, Mark, that uh, you and I and Julia, we all know that this is politics and that they're playing politics with the people in the military. We know that. Mm -hmm. But uh, we also understand that bureaucracy takes time and they are slow at doing everything that they do. So it's unrealistic to suggest that these people would be able to come out with a bill that says pull them out by the end of next month. It's unrealistic. They would never ever do something like I just that. I find the whole the date of it all very suspect. It bothers me that they're just essentially going to pull them out before the election in, in November. 1-800-259-9231 if you've got any thoughts on this. Uh so now the, as I understood it, the pullout was supposed to it happen in phases. So they were supposed to pull a certain number out by the end of this year. Uh they actually the number wasn't defined, but they were to remove some troops by the, by the end of this year and then do the rest of them uh by September. So, I don't know. It, it maybe it's suspect, but it doesn't seem to uh, it doesn't seem to have any sort of play as to wh- how Bush feels about it. He'd be just as pissed if it was next month. It's true. So, anyway, this they're playing politics with the troops and Bush's quote, he says a narrow majority in the House of Representatives abdicated its responsibility by passing a war spending bill that has no chance of becoming law and brings us no closer to getting the troops the <laughs> It only resources. has no chance of becoming law because he won't sign it. That's true. And he's making it seem like they, they just passed something that, uh, you know, lo- this ludicrous thing. But uh, Right, and he's accusing them of abdicating their responsibility. Now, of course, anybody who listens to Free Talk Live knows that these people can't possibly ever, ever represent the people that they claim to represent. But that's the claim. Their claim is that they're representatives. Their claim is that they are supposed to do what the people who elected them wanted them to do. And if you look at the percentage, uh, the polls of Americans and their thoughts on the Iraqi war, the significant majority at this point opposes it. So you could extrapolate that they were elected to end the Iraqi war. You could make that extrapolation if you wanted to, in which case they would not be abdicating their responsibility. They would actually be doing something that they, uh, they had set out to do. So I don't think it's any sort of abdication of responsibility at all. Well... <laughs> It, it is in some ways. I mean, they're they're still only doing it halfway. They're only pulling out of Iraq. They're not getting they're our interests. They're not true. getting our interests out of the Middle East. They're not closing uh, they're, down the thousand bases around the world. To some extent, the people that say let's fight them over there um, rather than fight them over here are correct in that um, you know it seems to be a focal point that does uh, that is drawing the Al Qaeda members to Iraq where they can get support and and all that other stuff where at some maybe they can grow their numbers and their strength at some point they can launch another attack in the United States. The reason that they have um, this That's strength, absurd, by the way, well, that they could attack. They could attack the United States anytime they wanted to. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know what their their logistic. I don't know what kind of logistic problems they have. Maybe they don't have any more members over here. Uh, That's they have ludicrous. Who knows? Okay. I don't know. I don't know what their their um, situation is, but. Um, if they wanted to, they could attack over here, but for whatever reason, they're attacking over there, and they're claiming that they're Al Qaeda members and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because we're in the Middle East, it's enraging these people. Um, they they get to they have examples that they can show every single day of this unfair thing happened to this family done by the American military. This unfair thing. These people are sure. you know creating a. Uh, they're going to take us over. They're going to change us all to uh, Christian infidels. They're going to make us eat pork. You know they're they they are saying the same spewing the same kind of weird hate that um, is being spewed about Muslims over here. It's just being spewed in a different direction. And, well, they have a legitimate reason. They are occupied countries, so I, I don't blame them for hating. The, the Americans can, um, you know, we can point them to the uh, 9-11 situation. Uh, yeah, but that's not the same. That's a few individuals hijacking some airplanes and crashing them into buildings. As uh, That has nothing to do with being an occupied country. I understand, but right. people see themselves as having been attacked. And those people over there see themselves as having been attacked. Is yeah. all you, have to, you don't have to, to show facts to anybody. You just have to get them whipped up emotionally. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that's what's happening. So if we can pull our troops out of the Middle East, then they have, you know, they have no reason to be whipped up emotionally. They'll go back to their normal business. There'll be, still be a few crazies out there that uh, say, we must attack them, the infidels, their Coca-Cola and their Britney Spears. I hate it. We must take them over. Uh, you know, there'll probably be one out of every 10,000 or some number, some number like that, some vocal nut job, just like there's vocal nut jobs here that want to sure. send the black people back to Africa yeah. or something like that. We have them. That's what they are. Luckily, they don't have enough money to actually do anything about it. What do they? Um, what do you mean? No, they actually do anything about what they want. Like they might want to uh, install violence on the United States, but that would cost money and time and effort, and it's a lot easier to just complain about it. Who's they? The people that you're talking about, the the, uh, the ones that are the one in ten thousand that are rattling the sabers. Still. Right, That's those fine. People, just rattle the sabers. You you can't really afford to do anything. Right, those it. those people would just be nuts. So if they get the uh, they they can manage to get other people on their side by showing them real life examples that get them whipped up into a fervor. Here's a family that was all wiped out except for the little boy. You know um, that kind of thing. How about uh, the girl who was raped by the the, yeah, uh, the Marines. Yeah, I mean you know they can show those examples over and over again. And the, and by the way, the stories that we see. They're seeing ten times, a hundred times as sure. many stories as we are, because we don't look at it the same way. In the same way that um, many Americans look at 9/11 as an attack on our country, they look at um, the Iraq War as an attack on the Middle East. Look, we're already talking about, um, you know, attacking Iran. We're already talking about. Uh, they've talked about attacking Jordan. You know, I mean, it does. It is an attack on the Middle East. Damn it. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The toll free number. You take control. Bring up anything to Mike in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Mike. Mike in Arizona. Mike going once. Mike in Arizona going twice. Do we have Mike in Arizona? I presume yeah, we do not. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So this should be pretty interesting to see what develops over the next uh, three weeks. Because the president is saying that within the next three weeks, they either pass something that he is going to accept or serious consequences. He says the troops and their families will, quote, face significant disruptions. And he's, he is obviously willing to use the troops as, as a um, political football. Yeah, as a pawn in, in order to get what he wants. I wonder how many troops will take that as the threat that it is. How many of the Bush-supporting troops, the people that will just jump right behind President Bush no matter what he does, no matter what he says, once now that he's actually targeted them to use them for his political ends directly and obviously, how many of them will interpret this correctly? How many of them will, uh, will maybe change their minds about the man that they so blindly follow? I would think that if you're on Bush's team, you're, you're that, that sort, that you would say, yes, 
I'm with him. I'm. I please. I would be happy to sacrifice um, you know, my me. paycheck. Uh, my paycheck to be able to handle this. Uh, Who cares about my family? Especially. Well, I mean, you. Some. A he's lot talking of, about stepping in between these guys and their families. Right. A I lot know of, some are single men, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, a number of them the have single a girlfriend. Ones wouldn't have anything to worry about. A number of them have a girlfriend or a wife at home, or or vice versa, and kids at home that need to have like like Puke said earlier, the rent paid. Need to have certain things taken care of. And there will certainly be happening. some people that have, uh, you know, that, that go through some suffering because of it. But uh, I, I think that, and you know, but it, they won't be that many of them. Many of them will be able to go to their families, uh, you know, the mothers, uh, mother-in-laws, uh, fathers, father-in-laws, that kind of thing, and uh, be able to get support for whatever period of time they need to. Everybody will understand. It's obviously in the news. It's not like they went out and spent their money on crack. They just aren't getting paid. Um, so time will tell what will happen here. We'll keep you up to date on the latest. 800-259-9231 is the packet. 8.net toll free line for you. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Pork Fest, June 18th through the 24th, where you'll be able to attend leadership and activist training seminars, hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project, and discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Go to porkfest.com to learn more. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Hour three's on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free. Enjoy those on us. Freetalklive.com. To start things out this hour, I want to. I still want to get to the balloon story, but this whole pet food thing is a uh, turning into apparently a major issue. And Julia, you've got the story. What's going on? All right, well, I'd like to make a quick correction. When you announced the story at the top of, I believe it was last hour, you said that the feds were threatening to create some sort of a pet food department. That's as I understood it. That's not correct. Um, people are calling for the feds yes, to create Yes, people are it. calling for it, and this article is seems to be heavily in favor of it. Oh, boy. It's been nearly a week since the Canadian pet food manufacturer... Menu Foods Incorporated recalled some 60 million cans and pouches of wet food linked to the deaths of at least 15 cats and one dog, yet authorities still can't explain exactly what went wrong. Some critics and animal lovers are owning on the fact... Are honing? Honing in. Mm-hmm. I've never Zeroing seen that word in. before. Yes. Hmm. You hone a knife to make it in- in very sharp. Learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. Honing in on what they see as a lax regulation of the 15 billion pet food industry in the United States. There's almost a void there, says Bob Vitre, president of the American Pet Product Manufacturers Association. There's no real pet food department of any federal agency. Wait a minute. The American Pet Food Manufacturers guy is saying that there needs to be regulation? Uh, he doesn't say that. He just says that there isn't there's any a, regulation. He says there's a void. I mean, yes. using the term void suggests that the void should be filled with something. I, I find that pretty amazing that uh, the, the guy who speaks for the industry is essentially calling for regulation. Uh, that's uh, Maybe it's because they want to prevent new manufacturers from getting in yeah, what, or, what could or be whatever. The, they're but, already in, in place. They can handle new regulations. It'll just 
mean an inc- increase in the pr- um, cost the of cost, products if right. the, if the regulations are across the board. Every um, all customers have to pay. You know, there's no choice. You have to pay for the increase in costs. But still, they hadn't been rattling this uh, the, this cage uh, up until this point. In fact, I'm really interested in hearing some of the more uh, some more of the hand wringing on the parts of the people that are calling for the, this regulation. Because how long has the pet in- uh, the pet food industry been around now? Decades upon decades upon decades upon decades. Yeah. And what? We finally we lost 15 cats. Right. Something bad happened. Right. Something bad has happened after um, 100 years of feeding pets and keeping them healthy. I can say that if uh, Senior Grouchy Pants died um, from eating a a bad batch of dry, crunchy uh, uh, meow mix. (laughs) This is the wet food, though. So if you feed him the dry food, you're all right. He won't eat it. The wet food? Really? No. Oh, It's nothing to do with it. Wow. Um, but it, it it would have to be dry, dry, dry crunchy cat food. Right. Um, he, he does prefer kitten chow over regular cat food. I'm but sorry. I can't help but laugh every time I think of Senor Crouchy Pants. <laughs> it's funny. He's such a large cat. <laughs> he's, he's a, he's how, how much does he weigh? About 22 pounds. Okay. 22 <laughs> pounds of white, hot, feline fury. Um, anyway, if, if he were to die from a bad batch of Meow Mix, that would bother me great, a great sure. deal. And I would think that I would be able to bring a lawsuit against uh, who makes I don't know who makes whoever Whatever makes it was. Uh, Meow Mix um, and get some kind of settlement. I don't know how much that they would give me for cat. the cat. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Which would be, well, it was... 70 bucks. Freed. <laughs> <Right>. He was. <laughs> you know, but you'd get over it, you'd get a new cat, and you'd move on. He is going to die. His re- as a matter of fact, he's going to die relatively soon. He's right. morbidly obese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm killing him a little more each day by letting him free feed on this Meow, Mac, meow Mix anyway. Right. And... You know, I, yeah. How do you chalk it up to the food? I mean, he could have died from anything. I, I, I you can have an autopsy done on your cat. I mean, I, I can't mean, imagine spending the money to have an autopsy done on an animal. Yeah, personally, different people will have different uh, thresholds as to what their animals are worth. But I'm sorry, if you gave me a hundred dollars for my dead cat, You'd I'd be, be insulted. insulted. Sure, right. Um, I want you know, give me a grand. I'll feel a little better <laughs> about the cat dying then. You know, like some of <laughs> some of my grief will be assuaged there. You know, I, I, I. I don't know. There's more to the story, though, right, Julia? Yes. Go ahead. Uh, technically, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration is responsible for ensuring pet foods, like human foods, are safe to eat, truthfully labeled, and produced under sanitary conditions. But on Tuesday, FDA officials admitted that the regulation of pet foods takes a backseat to its regulatory obligations of other food and drug sectors, and that inspectors of pet food processing plants are done only on a for-cause basis. So, meaning that if somebody complains, then the FDA will send somebody in. Correct. Okay. There are limited resources, says David Elder, director of the office. We of need a bigger budget. That's right. They need. We need to have more bureaucrats inspecting the cat food because 15 cats and one dog have died in the last in century. In 100 years, yes. Elder added that inspections of companion animals' food products are based on risk, which means that pets. the... Companion animals are pets. We're not... Yeah, we're not talking about uh, seeing eye dog here or anything. Right. Which means that the processing plants in Emporia, Kansas, where the tainted food was manufactured, had never been inspected by government officials until. <gasps> <laughs> well, what the hell are they going to catch? What they don't even know. They, they, the very first paragraph of this article said that they didn't know yes, what the cause. That was, was my exact thought when I read that sentence. What the hell are they going to catch? Even if they did go to this plant and inspect the plant. 
you don't know what you're looking for. I have a really hard time believing that this would have been prevented had had there been some sort of a bureaucracy for pet food. Yeah, right. it's I mean, absurd to believe. Where they, it's my understanding what happened was there was it was um, brought in with the rice from. Uh, Thailand or wherever they grew the rice and they imported it and it had rat poison in it that they were trying to kill off you know the rats from in, in the field. It so could have been but how it could would have been they have that? that. It could have been that or it could have been some uh, some guy on the line taking a dump in the uh I don't think that'll kill your animal. Well, who knows? It's probably not sanitary. It could hurt him. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it'll be too All too big I'm of a saying deal. is you don't know what it is. It could be some sort of incident that happens like you say that the rice thing, a one-time shipment of rice has some bad stuff in it. There's no way an inspection's going to catch that. No way. The plant remains open and continues to produce new food, according to a menu food spokesperson, who adds that safety tests are being done around the clock. Is that any more than the government could do themselves? I mean, that's well, way more than what the government could do. Safety testing around the clock? Uh, the government's <laughs> not going to do that. I don't want them to do it. Can you imagine what it would cost? Yeah, I, I don't know. Julia, are you having trouble over there? Uh, my Make computer was funny. loading very, very slow, but it finally came up. So, uh, next page. The FDA says Ontario-based menu foods began to receive complaints about uh, kidney failure on February 20th and began on February 27th to conduct a series of taste tests on 40 to 50 dogs and cats, leading to the eventual, eventual I can't talk tonight, uh, death of at least nine cats. On March 16th, Wait, the, comp- the, test, the company itself had nine of their own testing cats die? Cor- correct. Wow. <laughs> on March- Is that included in the 15 number? I guess it is. Um, somebody, uh, somebody must have run an autopsy on their cat, because otherwise, how on earth would this have ever even come about? Yeah, it's, it, and what amazes me is uh, you hear about people uh, getting multi-thousand-dollar operations on their animals, and I, I'm, I'm just blown away by yeah, that. Let oh them yeah, die. I had a seventy-five-hundred-dollar operation to keep my dog alive, and then I, he died a week later. They must love them. They really must. Yeah. I, or something. It may. It's maybe. It may be that they're their only companion, and that's all they've got in life. Gosh, that's a possibility. To me, I, it. It. I. It just. It isn't the way I. I used to work with a man who had two dogs, a wife and two dogs. They couldn't have children, and they used to go take family photos with the dogs, and they looked like a traditional family photo mm-hmm. with the, the dogs. <laughs> yes, it was very silly. But he spent a lot of money on operations. That's people like that. Did he I have guess. kids? No. Okay. So the dogs were the kids. Right. The photos were ridiculous. <laughs> The chief executive of Menu Foods told the Associated Press on Wednesday that the company is looking at one unnamed unnamed ingredient as the possible cause of the kidney failure. The FDA has previously said that... Thank goodness they didn't name the ingredient, because then the FDA would freak out, and and then they'd go to every single manufacturer of of any sort of dog food and demand that they test all of their... You know, if it was rice, then they'd demand that they test all of the rice coming in. They'd probably just flip out and shut down everything, because that's what they do. But without regular inspections, the pet food industry is largely self-regulated. In the United States, the Association of American Feed Control officials set guidelines and definitions for pet foods, and there are other government standards and regulations that companies are expected to heed through their own quality assurance programs. So wait, you're telling me that when left to their own volition, these companies will actually get together and form criteria as far as what is safe and what is not. They already have standards set. These things are already in place. Amazing. 
800-259-9231, but yet some people say it's not enough. Some people say we need more government regulation of the industry. And if you're one of those people, I want to hear from you at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, and that does include the live streams, the wiki included as well, wiki.freetalklive.com. We'll get you to it over 1,200 unique pages created by listeners like you. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. April is Financial Literacy Month. Give your child the... Give you are child... having trouble tonight. <laughs> I am having trouble. It's, libraries are not easy for... Um, and for... I've never read this one. I've heard the Free State Project mm. one a million times. Yeah, so I've easy. got that memorized. You should have given to me this beforehand so I could have read over yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. Give oh, well. the child in your life financial literacy. Be they son, daughter, or sibling. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. Give your child a Kid's Journey to Getting Rich. Order it at kidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. Then you have to give the uh, the number again so and the uh, website again so that people, if they're you know writing it down, they're rushing for a pen right now. Kidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. Pretend like you're sitting in the hot seat on a news set, like a news television set, where at any time uh, breaking news could come in and, you know, you never know what to expect uh, with the breaking news. I mean, it could really uh, just be absolutely anything. And usually the way it happens is this, you know, the news director shoves a piece of paper into your hands and then you're on. And you've got to read whatever is on that paper. But people aren't used to doing that. I mean, I that's the, the average individual just can't read ahead. They don't. They understand the trick of reading ahead. Right. Um, generally, they read as they go, and and then when they run into a little trouble, they just sort of pronounce the word. But there's there's a trick sort of of reading ahead a couple of. You read words. ahead to like two or three words, so you're sort of processing in your brain what's coming next. Um, that way, when it actually comes out of your mouth, it sounds like a coherent sentence instead of just words coming out. It, it takes practice. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free packet eight line. Uh, you were sharing with us, Julia, a few mo- moments ago, an article from, I don't know if it was the Associated Press or wherever it was. Newsweek. Newsweek. Uh, that is sort of calling for some regulation of the pet food industry. And we're pretty much finished with the article itself, and I just wanted to talk about the mentality behind it. And when when we were pointing out that the pet food industry has been around for as long as it has been, I mean, as long as people have had pets, there have been people who have been providing food to the people who have the pets. I mean, back in the 1800s, people had pets back then. They were probably getting their food from the local grocer or whatever. Or somebody somebody locally was making that food. Uh, distribution of labor has uh, has occurred, and now it's become even more specialized with with companies bagging it. And uh, you know what? I uh, the last time I had uh, the studio beast here for a visit, I had bought a bag of dog food for her, and I was stunned, stunned at the uh, at the fact that they now had the little zipper things, the zip pack. Toppers. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. so you don't have to pull that string. Right. And... No more crappy string on the dog food packages. I just thought, oh my gosh, somebody finally decided to spend the extra five cents on the packaging and put a zipper on there. And it was really, I was impressed by this. Anyway, um, getting a, a, aside, the point is, 
competition in the marketplace have made pet food better and better over time. Um, you know, if you had left it to chance back in the day, if this was 300 years ago and you had your family dog and you had to, you know, the, you pretty much had to let the dog go out and forage for itself. Well, you, you know, scraps usually. You could um, give it scraps, some the, water, but the crappy pieces of food, that kind of thing. But for the most part, when it's out and about during the day, it's over chasing lizards and stuff like that in the forest. Mm-hmm. And who knows what sort of nasty things it will come across uh, or what it might eat that might upset its stomach and possibly result in its imminent death. So as time has gone on, animals have become safer and safer as a result of uh, the marketplace getting involved. And to think that the government is going to make them um, safer than right. 15 animals dying in a century, I'm sure that I'm sure there must be other cases of uh, animals dying from food, but it's probably like you know them choking on it or something like Maybe that. So I mean, how many humans have died of f- food poisoning in the last hundred years? I don't know. A lot more than 15, I can tell you probably. that. And the government regulates food. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the government's involved, but they're clearly not doing as they're not effective. Well, the mentality here is that government can make things better. This is what we're fighting against: the idea that government, you get government involved, and all of a sudden the food will be safer. The the food that has become that is the safest it has ever been in the history of mankind. The the pet food that you feed your cats and dogs, it has never been safer. But that for some reason, you bring a, a government bureaucracy into it with all their rules and regulations, and all of a sudden, it makes everything safer. And it's just, it's backed by nothing, that idea. It's backed by nothing but worship for the state. Right. But people that just believe that the state is this magical, wonderful entity that as soon as it gets involved and sets a bunch of rules for someone to follow, some businessman, a bunch of hoops to jump through in order for him to sell his product, in this case, dog food or cat food, that all of a sudden these rules and hoops make the product better. All of a sudden a bureaucrat coming in on a once-a-year basis, because that's about as often as they inspect restaurants, by oh, the way. Yeah. Um, a bureaucrat coming in and inspecting a manufacturing facility is all of a sudden going to make the food better. Is all of a sudden going to make your animals more safe. It's, it's crap. It's absolute BS. The only thing it's going to do is make it more expensive to manufacture the food because all these companies have to jump through the hoops, which inevitably takes more manpower, takes more people filling out government paperwork, uh, may take actual more uh, who knows what other requirements they'll put on these businesses. All it's going to do is raise the price of the food at the, uh, at the, the checkout counter. That's, that's the only tangible thing that will change here. Besides the fact that uh, it'll also prevent other people from getting involved in the business because of uh, startup costs that will become artificially inflated due to the fact that the government is getting involved in creating all these rules and regulations. So if you're one of those people that believes that government can make things better, if you're one of the people that believes that government getting involved in the pet food situation is going to improve, tell us how. I want to know from you. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones. You can bring up anything. It's Chris. In Indiana, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Chris. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, well, I, a few things. One, um, I was uh, listening the other day, and you guys were talking about Alex Jones and stuff like that, and like all the, the conspiracy theories. And uh, if, I mean, it's either one way or the other. I mean, either they totally, totally, totally did it, or they totally, totally, totally didn't. And if they did, wouldn't that be? A good thing. Well, first for, of all, I presume you're talking about yeah, the 9/11. 9/11 stuff, um, well, I don't necessarily thing. agree with you. I don't know why you uh, believe it has to be one way or the other. Why couldn't it be partially one way or the other? Why couldn't one person from the government be involved and all the rest of them be terrorists? Why couldn't uh, it be some sort of mix? 
Well, yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff, but, you know, you always, they always talk about that going straight to the top, and I guess it would, you know, it'd be like a president telling, like, a group of SEALs, okay, look, you've got to blow this building up for me, and nobody else has got to know. Yeah, it could be, but... Seems a little unlikely to me. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, um, well, sorry, I kind of lost my point. Um, the point was, if it did happen, then wouldn't that be a good thing for... A lot of what you guys talk about having having like either no government or a very 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 small government. Um, well, basically, like people would revolt against the government that attacks them. You know I what think I'm so, but I don't think that um, pe- people necessarily are going to believe it. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's di- it would be difficult to, to to get the average person to believe it. I think. Right. Um, yeah, I guess you're talking about if some sort of incontrovertible proof came out or something like that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, something like that. I mean, well, I don't know what it takes, but... I don't know. I don't think so, because, I mean, there have been plenty of uh, examples of governmental malfeasance over time, and people just blame the individuals in the government. They don't see it as a problem uh, attached to the entire government. And uh, thanks for the call, Chris. We'll look at this a little bit further on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the Packet8.net toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there completely free, including archives and entire year's worth of the show right there, front page of the site. For your download and convenience, that's freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as the Pork Fest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot, dot com. Excuse me. All my co-hosts are having reading problems Apparently. Tonight. I was just thinking, you know, I'm surprised Porkfest hasn't been bought by a porn site or something already. <laughs> One eight hundred two five nine ninety two. We started giving out the website porkfest dot com. All right. Uh, I wanted to address what Chris is. Cra- Don't put a K there. I wanted to address what. Have you tried that? Does that actually get you to? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, anyway, I wanted to address what uh, Chris had called in about the whole idea of well, you know, what if this conspiracy theory breaks wide open? And this isn't a conspiracy show. Uh, he said we were talking about the conspiracies. The only time we ever address conspiracy theories is when somebody calls in to bring it up. That's the only time it ever gets addressed. And so he says, well, he asked us, well, what if, uh, if some sort of incontrovertible proof came out on this whole 9-11 conspiracy theory that some people, apparently now Rosie O'Donnell, uh, believes in? Would, would it lend uh, assistance to the liberty movement? Would the liberty movement be able to, to benefit from something like that. I don't know that it would lend much. Um, you know, mostly you would you have people saying that the Republicans are bad, so therefore we should go with the Democrats. I mean, really, people in America, the vast majority of them, man, it's one or the other, and, and those are our choices, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can get too many of them, some perhaps, but not too many of them to say, wow, every, the libertarians are right. In fact, the government is evil. The government can use, be used for evil to do bad things. I should only vote for libertarian candidates from here on out. I just don't think that that's going to happen. Yeah, there's no connection there at all. And I mean, look at Rosie O'Donnell and uh, Charlie Sheen. 
Do you think that they want to see the, uh, the 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 power of the federal government shrink? No, nobody's calling not. for that. Nobody, none, nobody in the conspiracy movement, if whatever that is, nobody's calling for reduction in uh, the scope of government. They're all just calling for charges. We need to bring up charges, have an international tribunal, and uh, get these get these administration people, the George Bush and Dick Cheney, and bring, bring them up on charges. Okay. So you bring them up on charges. You've got your incontrovertible evidence. You bring them up on charges, and you know what? Maybe the maybe they make an example out of them because this is incontrovertible evidence. Right. And so uh, so they they go away for a long long time. Very of course, unlikely. Of most course. of them believe that this is all part of a uh, you know a cabal that rules the planet. Um, but, you know, a, a, a rich group of bra- bankers. Uh, but remember, from not everyone will believe that. Only the families. Cons- only the uh, the ultra conspiracy theorists will believe that. If this incontrovertible proof comes out, there won't be. If it's really true that the Illuminati is controlling the world, that none of the incontrovertible proof will be pr- pointing at the Illuminati. But that, it'll that, be pointing but at the on, administrators. Hold on, hold on. Th- then what you've got there is clearly, if George Bush is willing to murder three thousand uh, American citizens and all these other people that helped him do it, mm-hmm. I mean, clearly these people have sworn allegiance. They're not just going to roll on the Bilderbergers be simply because you're having a trial. So George Bush is going to take the fall. He's going to be hung in the um, you know wash in the square on the mall of Washington D.C. Um, and never give up the Bilderbergers. I I wouldn't think so. I mean, at this point, they've managed to keep this code of silence going. So what you have is you haven't solved anything. You have killed a pawn in the whole process. Even right. if you get Bush, Cheney, the whole neocon group, you drag back Ashcroft, all of them. What are you going to do? It's still the Bilderbergers at the middle of it, and you're never going to get them because <laughs> they rule the world. That, that's so they claim. Right. That's about, you know, it's, it's, it's crap. Right. So <laughs> nothing would essentially change. Even if all this incontrovertible proof came out, no, nothing would, uh, would essentially change. You just bring these guys up on charges, lock them away, throw away the key, make a big deal out of it, and then uh, talk about And then the new politicians, w- whether they be Democrats or different Republicans, uh, the new politicians will come in and they will vow, I will vow that government will never be this corrupt again. We this need a committee a to make day. sure that this doesn't happen. We need oversight. We need larger right. bureaucracy to make sure that this doesn't happen. And then what happens? The American people are further enslaved because they have to pay for this larger bu- bureaucracy. But the American people feel great because then, uh, to their minds, all of the bad guys will be will be gone. All of so the they're, happy on, they're happy on the road to hell. The Rosie O'Donnells and the Charlie Sheens and all them will have gotten what they wanted, and that is that they want the, the what they perceive of as the bad guys to suffer some consequences, and now we can make room for the good guys to come in, whoever those people might be. Nothing so I change. say libertarians really are shooting themselves in the foot with this um, you know, conspiracy nonsense. Well, most libertarians I know aren't conspiracy no, I, theorists. No, no, no. I'm not saying that libertarians that believe in it. Um, the libertarians that do believe in it. Yes. And there certainly are some. And, you know, there, there there's are parts of it that I do believe. I do believe that bankers want to rule the world. But I think that lots of people want to rule the world. Yeah. I'd like to rule the world. I think that they it's don't have any more, any more chance of... Well, I'd, I'd like to... If, if, just, if just for a day, just to make sure all those places that are double-named, like Venice, California, <laughs> and Venice, Italy, yeah, and Venice, Florida, I'd, I'd rename all that crap. Yeah, that but then if you, so if, you, if you... Paris, take, Texas? But if you who take the hell that do those power, people think they are? But if you take that power, then you're, the next guy is just going to be able to rename them back. So, I mean... You know. Yes, but it'll be different if I do it, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> See, no, I go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
So this, this reminds me of that bumper sticker that I often see on cars, especially in this area, because where we live in Keene, it tends to be a very liberal area, whatever that means. Um, and I always see the bumper sticker that has the date, whatever it is, January. 1.20.09. Is that what the date is? Mm-hmm. The da- Bush's last day in office. Oh. And it says... Uh, it's hallelujah, Bush's something last like that. Yeah, like 1.20.09 yeah. shows up and all the problems are gone. Woo! It, the, the, the sunlight comes <laughs> through the clouds. The angels sing. The trumpets play. Jesus comes right, riding in his white horse. Suddenly we're saved. There's a Democrat in office. Yeah, it's just, no, it's, it's just nonsense. Absurd. This is the mentality it's that the Americans have. It's the same crap have. over and over again. I don't care what color uh, pen these guys are wearing. Right. Did you see the uh, Did you see the Obama commercial? No. The people were talking about this week. Oh, the Apple. Yeah. The did, making you see fun that? of that. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was a commercial. It was referencing, I guess, some Apple commercial that was making fun. Or, right. We don't know. We don't watch yeah. television, so. But it had something to do with. It was sort of 1984 uh, ish, and there was telescreens, and they had Hillary Clinton, and some lady threw an axe and broke. Hillary Clinton and all the people. It was very dramatic. Very nice spot. Um, You know, black and white. Only a few things were in color. And uh, and it was very dramatic and very anti... It looked very anti-political, too. Yeah, and then it ended with... Vote Obama. Vote different, it was called. Vote different. Right. They said that they, they essentially met the message of this was... And what's was different like, about Obama? Not a he's damn black? thing. He's a, he's a man, and he's blackish. He's young, right? <laughs> he's I mean, younger. He's youngish. Yeah. So what? All these other guys were young, too. Well, he's, he, they're trying to make him, I think, out to be the young person's candidate. Oh, didn't they do the same thing at the Hillary Clinton? They were definitely trying that at the Hillary Clinton thing that, uh, that we saw. Well, neither one of them should neglect the young vote, but... Um, But the the message was, it was the same sort of mentality. The message was, here's a radical new candidate for 2008. 2008 will be an uh, unbelievable year in American politics. The American political system will be shaken to its very core by one man. And then there's Obama, who's just another politician, just another low-life scumbag politician. And how people can get all excited and riled up about this, I just don't understand. But they do, time after time. You talk to people who see uh, one of these politicians speak, and they're all flustered. Oh, oh, he's so hot. He's so handsome. Oh, Barack Obama. You're so brilliant. And, and that's not gonna that's not gonna change anything. I don't care how good looking the guy is. It's not gonna uh, make him a good leader. But I'll vote for him because he's so beautiful. Now, I've seen I've seen plenty of women he took vote his shirt for the... off in Hawaii. <laughs> I've seen plenty of women vote for just that very yeah. reason. Uh, but but uh, I mean, guys will uh, would vote for it's, girls if they were attractive sure, women sure. running. And uh, <laughs> it's just sad. It's just sad that Americans continue to fall for the same old tricks. Every two to four years. It's the same old uh, bag of tricks. So 1-800-259-9231, the toll-free number for you. New Hampshire, banning balloons from being released into the air. We'll talk about that in your calls as well, about whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line for you. 
1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features completely free. Though we do ask you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff at store.freetalklive.com. You head over there and you'll see we've got a variety of uh, Free Talk Live branded merchandise. And there's even uh, one piece of merchandise that doesn't even have our brand on it. It's just something cool that we created and we wanted to offer to you. It's the Free Marketeer flag. In fact, you can see it in the background. It's hanging in the background of our uh, webcam. And but by the way, you can go to the webcam at cam.freetalklive.com. I should probably add that to my list of things, website features to promote because that's now online and available to everyone. That's cam.freetalklive.com. Anyway, the Free Marketeer flag, one of the products that we sell. We also have Free Talk Live t-shirts. We've got Free Talk Live hats, different uh, sizes, of course, but also different colors as well, uh, not to mention styles. That's right. We've got fitted ball caps that are either yellow or black. Um, We've got got ones that have big white stripes on them. It's very sharp. Very sharp product. That's very nice. nice stuff. Very high quality, and uh, I've seen a number of our listeners wearing these products, and they look good on people. I mean, yes. They really do. Um, so uh, store.freetalklive.com will get you there, and you'll also find out how you can get a free Free Talk Live bumper sticker if you go to store.freetalklive.com. Concord, New Hampshire. The House voted Wednesday to make intentionally releasing lighter-than-air balloons subject to the state's littering law and a $250 fine. Now, like I said earlier in the show, uh, we had a caller, a caller call in and ask if we're in utopia here in New Hampshire. No, we are not living in utopia. This is not the free state yet. Uh, we're slowly amassing enough people to make a difference here. We're pretty well, much holding. We're making the, a, yeah, we're making a difference. We're, we're, we're holding, holding the line on some issues, but clearly some are we, getting through. Some, yeah. There's just so much at this point that we can't stop everything. And Only 190 people or so have moved at this point. Right. Um, there were already some here. I guess the total uh, in state is 450. All that considered, Th- that's a lot of people. But happening. I mean, it's a state, you know. Right. So there's still plenty of bad people in the state house. In fact, in this case, 215 people voted in favor of this balloon, this balloon littering bill. Only 111 people voted against it. It's going to the Senate. Uh, Wyndham Republican Kevin Waterhouse said the balloons pose a threat to wildlife that eat them or become entangled in why the do, string. Why would wildlife eat balloons? Well, because they come down eventually. So and, uh, I guess they want to eat them. But why would they eat them? I don't know. Do they eat other... I mean, there's all kinds of things made of plastic and rubber in the world. Why do, Why wouldn't they eat those? That's an excellent question, Mark. I don't know if there's actually anything to back up his claims. That's just what he said. I see. I, I can see them being littering. I, I'm. I'm that, that's what they are. It, it is littering. Um, I... I remember when I was a kid, though, it was kind of considered fun and unique and, and unusual to take a balloon, like a message in a bottle, and you would mm-hmm. put your name and you would put your telephone number on or your address on it, and you would say, if you find this balloon, please write me back at such and such. Right. And then some, <laughs> some person would find the balloon, and, and you'd know how far it went, whether it went a few yeah, miles or cute. whether it went... I mean, some of them went really they far. They could go a few states, sure. Yeah, definitely they do. They get up there in the uh, jet stream, and, and poof, oh, they're gone. Yep. And then somebody finds the balloon, and then a, a child gets a, a something exciting, something magical happens yeah, in their life. Sure. And if it didn't happen, at least the parent could write back, you know, write a letter, and then pretend like it did, just like Santa Claus. Right. Um, it, it's a little weird, but you know, they, they could do it. Nonetheless. Now they've outlawed this sort of fun, magical thing um, from my childhood. I cannot imagine that it happens that often either. The people doing that, yes. I can't imagine that either. 
Um, I, I think that I was I would think it was some kind of advertising gimmick that uh, somebody went overboard some on a car lot or something like that. But, used cars. You know, you if you go buy a car lot, you would think that um, people are more likely to buy a car because it has a balloon on it, because that's what they do on, uh, you know, Saturdays is they well, go sometimes out there. They have that big balloon that goes yeah. way up high in the air. That makes some sense, I guess, because right, then they, you see it. You're like, what's that, that big balloon? What's going on? <laughs> There's a car lot at the end of that balloon. I wonder. I guess I'll go find it. Well, I'm, I, I understand <laughs> that. You know, it's kind of a, it, sure. it's some sort of a weird animalistic instinct because they've got those lights, the skylights, yeah. that they'll they'll shine around. And a lot of times, those are car lots doing that too. And, I remember driving in Sarasota, seeing these uh, these skylights, and thinking, huh, what's going on over there? I should drive lights. that direction and find out what's going on. Spotlights, you know, even though it's probably just some crappy sale. Somebody, would, <laughs> you know, some people would probably do that. But I think um, largely what they're doing is they're marketing at the uh, little decision maker sitting sitting in the back seat. They go, Daddy, look at the lights. See the lights up there? Let's go and find yeah. out where theirs are coming from. No, Junior, it's just a car lot, and they want us to spend too much money. You know, I, I think that that's what they're targeting at. It's just my guess. Right. I mean, I could be wrong. But anyway, <laughs> I see a big balloon. I say, oh, my God, it's Carlot. So back to the story. <laughs> Moultonboro Republican Betsy Patton objected that it would be better to ask balloon manufacturers to develop balloons that are biodegradable. But Waterhouse said the industry already claims its latex balloons are biodegradable, but they may not degrade for four years. He says, quote, when they land in your yard, they are a nuisance, but... In the ocean, they look like jellyfish and are prime food for turtles. When wildlife eat them, they suffer and die, he said. You wouldn't want to protect someone's right to throw paper away, and paper is biodegradable, he said. The bill doesn't penalize accidental releases, weather and oops, weather and air and hot air balloons are exempted. A first offense is punishable by a $250 fine. Subsequent offenses carry a $500 fine. Waterhouse said police would enforce the proposed law the same as any other littering offenses. So they're going to enforce this by happen- happening to be there when someone lets loose a balloon? <laughs> I guess. I mean, how how silly is this law? The, the, the only way... You, I guess... We, you can't know whose balloon it was if you find a deflated balloon in your backyard. There's unless no you read to, your address on it, Mark. <laughs> right, unless people put their address... So address they really on. have effectively killed that. They have. They've, they've, <laughs> they've gotten rid of that magical um, thing that used to happen when I was a kid. But I suppose you could see your neighbor releasing a balloon. And, and rat uh, them call out. Call the cops but, and rat them out, and the cops would come, and you'd be like, I, I never had a balloon. What's that? But, right. But, well, now, that, now, think about this. I mean, if you saw your neighbor chucking a bag of trash over his fence, that'd be one thing, because then you could call the cops and say, hey, uh, that bag, that's my neighbor's bag, he threw it over the fence. But in the case of the balloon, if you see your neighbor releasing a handful of balloons in his backyard, unless you've taken video footage of it, you've got nothing to prove your claims. And if you're taking video footage of your neighbor releasing balloons in the air, uh, you've got way too much time on your hands. Well, yeah, you'd have to have the camera ready to go. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just it's absolutely absurd. You call the police over and you say, yeah, my neighbor just released 10 balloons into the air. Okay, how are you going to prove that? There's no way to prove it. And so unless the 10 balloons happen to come down somewhere else, but even then it still could have been you that released the balloons in order to frame your neighbor. I mean, there's no fingerprints. Right, there's no way to prove this. And so the, the police can't they can't possibly go next door and hand the guy a ticket for two hundred and fifty dollars. He could say, what? What are you talking about? Balloons? How, how did I get helium balloons here? I don't have helium. Like, uh, my next door neighbor hates me. He's making this up. So really, how? <laughs> How many how many how often is this law going to be enforced? I uh, guess it makes some people feel good. 
I guess. Waterhouse said police would enforce the proposed law just like any other littering offense. He says, quote, this is not frivolous. Litter is not our right. Hey, I'm against littering, too. Okay. Yeah, it's and a, I don't do it. I don't, I don't do it either. It's a private property offense. If you're throwing your trash on somebody's property, then you're violating their private property rights. Okay, litter's definitely a problem. But to say we need a specialized law to outlaw people releasing a few balloons into the air is the height of absurdity, in my opinion. Waterhouse said the innocent seeming balloons do too much damage. He says, quote, it doesn't just go to heaven and disappear. It comes back down. Uh, several, apparently, this isn't uh, an original idea. Several states, including Virginia, place restrictions on balloon releases. So this is, I guess, I don't know, maybe I should be happy that that's what they're spending their time on up it's, in uh, Concord as far as... It is you know, littering. I mean, I don't have I don't have the biggest problem with that. I mean, but... I don't know. It's a mess. It's it's silly. They they're they're showing they're showing their silly little colors by doing that. We're gonna go to some random calls here. I don't know if there are even callers on these lines, but they uh, no, not one there. And there's one there. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. This is Dennis in New Hampshire. Dennis, you uh, you have about the remaining thirty seconds or so. What's on your mind? Well, first of all, I'm an eco nut, and I really hate to see balloons get released. I'm the kind of guy that opens up the rings on like six packs. I I hate to see that stuff. I used to volunteer at a wildlife center and have to literally save animals that otherwise would die because of fishing wire around them. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. But this politician is really bad news. Um, Kevin Waterhouse of Wyndham, I'd just like to inform you that the NHLA gave you a D grade because you just vote against liberty almost all the time. So what do you think about this law, though, Dennis, as far as the enforcement of it? Is this just a waste of paper, this, uh, this law that they've created? Oh, this law is just one more piece on the fire that is going to be the Republican like re-election of 2008. This guy being a Republican is almost like an anomaly. He's definitely on the fringe of the party. Gotcha. But certainly half the, half the state house is going to turn over in 2008. They're all freshmen. They all can't believe how much they have to do for no money, and it's bugging them. And Two. some of them don't show up. So that's good, and that's good to know. And Dennis, I know you guys are hopefully going to be running some more candidates because we'll have some more qualified, some free staters to actually run for these offices in 2008, right? Here, here. Very good, sir. Look forward to hearing from you on uh, the latest on that. It's been Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. See you tomorrow night for the Saturday edition. This is Free Talk Live. Do you like to build things? Have you ever cut wood with a tool? Are you tired of poor quality goods found in the Megalomart? If you answered yes to any of these questions, woodcraftplans.com has a fun project for you to make. We have hundreds of blueprints and patterns which can help all skill levels of craftspeople make wooden lawn furniture, bedroom furniture, yard decor like wishing wells and shadow figures, rocking horses, and a lot more. Visit woodcraftplans.com today. Get a plan and start building. That's woodcraftplans.com. 